Welcome into the Locked On Knicks podcast. A big win over the Hawks going into the All-Star break. What it means for the Knicks in a big picture context and how Julius Randle and Isaiah Hartenstein stopped a Hawks run and bludgeoned them into submission right now on Locked On Knicks. You are Locked On Knicks, your daily New York Knicks podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And I think we see Willis coming out. Here he comes right now. You are Locked On Knicks, and this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. And who's talking to you? I'm Gavin Shaw, your favorite play-by-play broadcaster, favorite play-by-play broadcaster. He is Alex Wolf, editor-in-chief of the Strickland, the greatest Knicks website in the whole wide world. And we wanted to thank you for making Locked On Knicks your first listen today and every day. You know, Alex, I, I got got a text today. Um, it was, to be fair, from one of my best friend's brothers, but he said, hey, I made Locked on Knicks my first listen today. It just, it just filled my heart with joy. I hope one day, and, and maybe this will be sooner than you think, uh, I, I get texts from everyone um, saying that. But in the meantime, uh, be sure to check us out on YouTube since we are available on all platforms. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that notifications bell so you never, ever miss an episode. And why would you want to miss an episode when the Knicks are playing like this? Three-game winning streak have won now five out of six heading into the All-Star break. And Alex, what a way to end uh, the quote-unquote 60 games into the year first half of the season uh, with a 21-point bashing of Trey Young and the Hawks. Yeah, the NFL really managed to screw up that whole uh, halfway through the season thing as if it wasn't already halfway. Then the NFL adds an extra week to their season, pushes All-Star weekend back, and now it's basically three-quarters of the season. They're going to have about they're gonna have 22 games when they come back from the All-Star break. But uh, the Knicks have their best win percentage at the all-star break since 2012 to 13 uh, at 33 and 27 right now with a 550 win percentage. And that's via Knicks PR. And they also managed to snatch the sixth seed from the Miami heat before the break, which was thanks to a little assist from uh, two of the Knicks players, uh, uh, favorite player on another team, Mikhail Bridges uh, had like a career night, for the Nets against the Heat and made that happen. So fun to do a little victory lap. This is very satisfying that this came against the Hawks, who I think are now officially the team that I most enjoy when the Knicks just absolutely dominate them. Uh, there's there's perhaps no team that's more satisfying to just put up a wire-to-wire laugher against, especially when you could tell that Trey Young was trying his hardest <laughs> and yet just could not make anything happen against this team the entire night. But... I mean, it's just sort of a testament, I think. You know, I know that we uh, he has his flaws, and we we call them out often, but I think it's a testament to, like, how Tibbs has these guys, at least mentality-wise right now, even if his rotation decisions aren't perfect. And, you know, there are certain things that we wish he would do differently as a coach. I mean, that was all these guys wanted to talk about after the game. I mean, they got asked it a few times by reporters or whatever, but you know, 
Jalen Brunson mentioned in his post, his very brief post game with Rebecca Harlow because he got assaulted by like Julius Randle like three times. Um, but, you know, he mentioned, you know, we just wanted to come into this game. We wanted to finish strong. We wanted to, you know, not let our foot off the gas going into the break and, you know, said a similar things in the locker room and said Tibbs had, you know, really drilled it in their head. Like, come on, let's, let's finish this off. And I think it came to a really satisfying conclusion for this first quote unquote half of the season uh, to enter with a guaranteed playoff spot if the season would end today. And if the Knicks continue playing at the pace they've been playing at since the rotation got shortened to nine men, they're probably going to hold on to that spot because they've been one of the better teams, not just like in their tax bracket, but in like the entire NBA in that stretch. And, you know, if, if they were just, you know, if you only encapsulated that part of the season and extrapolated it, they'd be like a 50 win team uh, and probably like a top four seed or so. So yeah, it's, I think the vibes are great right now. I, I feel really good going into this, into this break and, this win against the Hawks was just, I mean, icing on the cake for a really awesome first 60 games and going into an all-star weekend where two Knicks will be doing stuff. Uh, it was just a nice nice little send-off and a, and a feel-good win to just kind of crush the Hawks like that on their own floor. Yeah, and I think what's so encouraging about it is, I mean, the report we got during the game, and 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 you, you heard this from various Knicks reporters throughout the day, that Mitchell Robinson, it seems like there's a pretty good chance he's back for their first game post-All-Star break. So you're getting back uh, literally the guy who leads the team in net rating, um, and they're still playing this well without him. That is extremely exciting. Um, if you look at the standings, Cleveland probably a little bit out of the reach for four and a half games up on the Knicks, but the, the Brooklyn Nets, as we head into the break, um, the, it's the only downside of them beating the heat. Uh, they're, they're still two games ahead of the Knicks, but with one more game against them, that, that feels very doable for the Knicks to get back in there and surpass the Nets. And, and to me, that is ultimately going to um, define uh, what their chances are in the first round, because I, I just think they match up much better with the Cavs than they do the Sixers, like much less the Bucks or the Celtics. Like that, that feels like, if not a toss up just because Cleveland still has more talent and, and probably much to our chagrin has the best player in the series. Um, that feels like a very winnable series for the Knicks, like Philly, Milwaukee, Boston. I don't know about you, Alex. It doesn't really quite feel that way to me, but what's encouraging to me about this Knicks team as we head into the second half of the season is their ability to win in multiple ways, right? I mean, like recently it's been Jalen Hart dropping monster game after monster game. And he, and he was look, he was spectacular again in this one. Um, tonight, um, and it's been Josh Hart like raining fire from three. Again, he was good in this game, but not not quite the twenty-seven point game he put out last time. To me, the defining quality, and and more so the defining sequence of this game was the later parts of the third quarter where the Knicks looked like they were almost trying to blow this one. They had um, a three or excuse me, a four minute stretch to start the quarter and then a three minute stretch later in the quarter where they scored just two points and had zero field goals. Um, and the Hawks had cut it to, I, I think as little as like maybe not. No, no, no. I think it was, they got it within 12. It was the, was the closest they got it. And then um, right when that happened, um, Isaiah Hartenstein got a tip in. Um, and from that point forward, him and Julius Randall got nine points in the final two minutes and seven seconds of the third quarter. And all of them were on second chance points, Alex. And that was, I think, especially against this Atlanta team that that kind of bullied the Knicks out of the playoffs two years ago. That was incredibly satisfying for me to see. Um, I mean, just, just in terms of like how tough this team is and, and, and their flexibility in terms of how they play. 
but also just, I, I mean, everyone was talking about Randall at the end of the quarter. I couldn't stop thinking about how good Hardenstein was on both ends of the floor in this game, like kind of a victory lap for him to cap off a really good couple of weeks before the all-star break. Yeah. And that's a great development. Like that's almost as good of a development as Mitchell Robinson potentially coming back because now, you know, that you have a sustainable style of play uh, when Hartenstein is out there. Like before Mitch got hurt, there was such a disconnect that seemed like between the first and second unit at that center spot because it seemed like Hartenstein wanted to play a different way than he was being assigned. And then he sort of had to slot more into the Mitch role because he wasn't a change of pace guy. He was like the pace, you know, with Mitch out. And he sort of found his own his own way to play defense the way that Tibbs wants and certainly rebound the way that it is necessary when you're replacing a guy like a Mitchell Robinson, who's probably the best rebounder in the entire NBA. So in a weird way, maybe that's sort of like the only blessing in disguise of like Mitch having to take this time off to, to heal up after that, that injury is that Hartenstein got to kind of find his way Sims even, I think, has sort of found his way a little better, too. Like, he was starting to look really green for a while there, and especially when he first had to start in place of Mitch and all that. It was just like, oh, man, this is this is not super pretty. Uh, and now he has sort of found his way more as well. I, I, I'm with you that that third end of the third quarter sequence was really pivotal. I actually knew to sort of watch out for it because I had seen that you had – made a tweet about it during the game and I was watching on delay. So then like I saw that tweet and I was like, Oh, let me, I was literally like a minute away from that sequence anyway. So I was like, Oh sick. Let me like watch this real quick. And I did. And I was like, man, yeah, that was like, I mean, the Knicks were, I won't, I don't want to like be too melodramatic and say they're like on the verge of collapse or something right there. But in some of those moments, those are times when the Knicks, fall apart you know at the end of a third quarter you know the other team makes a run like the Knicks can't make a shot and like to be clear they could not it was all that you know that Randall and Hartenstein were getting these second chance points right there that totally swung the game and that was so crucial because the Hawks obviously have the ability to make a quick run like that Trey Young always does and you saw even very shortly after that, Trey Young sort of making panic plays, like, you know, taking a heave from like just over half court and all this other stuff because he's like, oh crap, what do I have to do to make this happen now? And that's, I mean, that third quarter sequence just was was a huge boon for the Knicks there. Uh, but Gavin, we got some more guys to, to talk about in this game. Obviously, Jalen Brunson. Had a fantastic game. His last little middle finger to whoever selected the all-star reserves um, before, you know, going on a break where he said he's just going to get a lot of rest now. A decent, but also somehow still sort of concerning RJ Barrett game uh, and a bunch of good stuff from the bench from that new dynamic duo of Josh Hart and Emmanuel quickly and Obi Toppin with a great game as well. But first, I do have to remind everybody that today's show is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. And the midway point of the NBA season is here. 
quote unquote midway. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel, FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. And uh, I mean, look, I, I got a free promotion bet from betting on the Super Bowl, and then I made like a crazy same game parlay today. They're some of the most fun bets you can make. I almost hit on mine today. It was just the fact that everybody in the Knicks went cold from three today didn't help me out too much. Uh, so I should have just pumped the brakes a little bit on the made threes portions of my same game parlay. I could have made like three, four hundred bucks, but it's a really fun way to to experience sports betting. Uh, having like a million different things to root for in any given game. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance of bigger payouts with Same Game Parlay. Oh, wait, I just told you about that. Uh, it's my favorite feature. Uh, so don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash locked on. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, Gavin, we are back to continue talking about this Knicks win. And uh, I think there's still a good amount to talk about here as far as the all the rest of the guys on the team. I mean, we gave Randall and, and uh, Hartenstein their uh, their props here. But between the rest of the guys, who, who stood out to you the most in this game uh, for their performance? I'm going to cheat and go back to Randall because I I don't know if we fully did him justice quite yet. Um, he he was electric to to start the the first quarter. Um, I really at some point I just want to I want to go back through every game and track his shooting percentage. Um, on on the first three he takes of every game, it feels like it's at 95. percent I know it can't be that high, but it feels like that shot always goes in and it always gets the Knicks started on a good note. And and in this game he was just I mean Wally said like he was watching him in pregame warmups and he was draining like that that's what it felt like where he hit a three hit another three then hit a step back with with his foot right on the line and then went around to Jericho Sims screen and hit another three for 11 points in the first six minutes of this game um and then like almost immediately like soured the uh the the positive taste in my mouth that sounded bad um with um a <laughs> um he went around um another screen and like just clanked a 35 footer um, and he, he had like two or three different heat checks that were all pretty bad. Um, and he also like, I didn't think his vision was great in that game, in this game. I know it feels like I'm taking pot shots here. Um, but he was just missing, uh, some passes that he's been making recently. And it felt like after he got off to that good of a start, um, he was kind of just set on being a scorer, but then he totally made up for it with his rebounding down the stretch. And, and I'm just, I'm, I'm fascinated to see what we get from him. Like obviously the final stretch of the season, but I mean, assuming the Knicks make the playoffs at this point, I really want to see like what he has in store, given how badly it went last time the Knicks made the playoffs. Um, I think he is going to show out a little bit better this time around, but that's going to be such a big test for him. I mean, looking forward a couple of weeks. Yeah. Well, I think a big thing that's going to help him this time around in the postseason when the Knicks get there is the obviously the presence of Jalen Brunson. Uh, I think that one of the biggest things that happened a couple of years ago when the Knicks made the playoffs and faced this Hawks team, although the Hawks were pretty vastly different personnel-wise at that time, but uh, 
when the Knicks faced them, they just had this play into like double, triple, whatever team the heck out of Julius Randle and, you know, make him make those tough decisions like what you're talking about. But the the difference was, was that the Knicks didn't have anyone else that was capable of creating anything at that moment. And we obviously saw in this game that Jalen Brunson is that dude still at uh, 28 points and he didn't even shoot well from three. Uh, one of six from three, so it underscores just how good the game was overall for him. 10 of 19 shooting, 7 of 8 from the free throw line. Also, just had a tidy little nine boards and five assists to go with that, too. I mean, I love everything about how Jalen Brunson is playing right now. I like he is, I think we're seeing the breakout moment happen in front of our eyes. And you know, it's funny, actually. I was thinking about it when you were saying like in the last segment, like, you know, if the Knicks end up facing the Cavs, they probably don't have the best player on the floor with how Brunson's playing right now. I mean, it's not even that hot of a take to say that he's basically playing almost as good as Donovan Mitchell right now. You know, it's like, he's that good. I mean, he's, he's creating for himself. He's creating for others. He's hitting his shots at like a ridiculously efficient rate right now, even with like, you know, this game being sort of a stinker from three, like, He's been so good in every aspect of shooting the ball for this last like 21 games. I think he's averaging over 30 points per game, which yeah. is crazy. That's a quarter of the season. He's been averaging over 30 points a game. I, his impact in this game was just, you know, the same as it's been lately, which is to say just he carried the Knicks when they needed him and did it in whichever way he could on that night and was smart enough to identify like my three point shot isn't going tonight. So I'm just going to toast whoever they put on me in the mid range all night and, you know, made his money there. He got to the free throw line. Uh, I'm loving everything about how he's playing right now. And I think it's honestly, it really sucks that he didn't make the all-star team because I would love for him on this hot streak that he's on right now to get to go there and, put on a little bit of a show in a few minutes, but what are you going to do? I suppose we'll just kind of have to wait till next year and hope that this hot streak continues after the all-star break when they get back and that he just starts building his all-star case for next year. Uh, the second that they get back from break. But I mean, he's played every bit like someone who should be an all-star these last few weeks. And this game was just the latest example. Yeah, I couldn't help but think while watching, and, and let me know if you agree. I, I assume you will, but and, and maybe this will come off as like kind of sour Knicks fans, but I uh, my first thought was like, wow, like I would just so much clearly rather have him than Trey Young, like not Absolutely. even like considering like that's not even a homer take, yeah, yeah. There you go, and like and not even considering like the amount of money that each guy's making, like mm-hmm. like Brunson, like I mean, you saw it, we, we saw the post game presser, right, like where he was he was getting mobbed by RJ by Randall, like beyond just like the scoring, like. He does it in a way where he still remains beloved. And like this isn't like similar to what we always say with Randall. Like, like definitely not an attack of of Trey, the the human being. Like I've I've like we like I'm always conflicted on because I'm I'm a huge Oklahoma like football fan first, but also a big Oklahoma basketball fan. My dad went to school there. So I, I love Trey Young in college. Um, but even then, like like there was a lot of stuff where like the guys on the team did not particularly like him. 
And like you heard Wally and like normally I'm not I'm not really like the biggest Wally stand over here. But Wally came on when like when Trey took like that 30 foot shot and Wally's a former player, you could respect the take. He's like he's like guys come at like look at you after a shot like that when you're down by 19 and be like, dude, what are you what are you doing? What are you thinking? Like, are we trying to win or are you, or are you trying to make this the Trey Young show? Or are you trying to make this the Trey Young owns the Knicks show? And like, I just cannot imagine that ever being said about Jalen Brunson. And simultaneously, I can't, maybe it's happened. Like a Hawks fan can tweet the footage at us. I can't imagine Trey being like mobbed like that in a post game. Um, like after like a win where he didn't hit a buzzer beater by his teammates. And it's it just so clear that the Knicks like at a pretty steep discount, maybe got a better version of the dude. And like Grant Brunson's like a couple years older, like whatever, like that, it, like it's just gonna It's looking more and more like it's going to go down as, one of the best signings in the last 10 to 15 years in the NBA. Yeah. And the other thing is maybe Brunson doesn't get the assist totals that Trey does. And yet he also doesn't fish for them nearly as much. You know, that's like a big thing. Like he's not, he's not out there doing like the Rajon Rondo where he's like just looking for that pass that he can make that gets him an assist. He's like, you know, looking at, all the different options on the floor and he'll find Julius Randall just kind of out on the outside. If, if that's what it takes and, you know, let Julius Randall kind of cook a little bit or he'll find RJ Barrett and maybe it won't end up with an assist for him, but he at least knows that he like made the right play. And that's super important. Um, I want to talk some more about like Josh Hart, Emmanuel quickly though, uh, Obi Toppin and some of the bench guys in just a second uh, to kind of close things out and give everybody else their props that deserves it from this game but uh first we'll take our final break and then we'll come back and get into those guys all right and we're back to talk about the the final guys on the knicks here again big win 122 to 101 over the hawks and uh this uh, this win continues to feel better and better when you just made that Trey young point i was like hell yeah like <laughs> let's go the knicks, have, the knicks have the better player here the knicks had the two best players on the floor in this game Without a doubt. Um, but some other guys that played quite well as well. Uh, Josh Hart, Emmanuel Quickly, Obi Toppin, and I'll throw RJ Barrett in there as well because I thought that he had, by the standards of, that a guy can have when he's still shooting really poorly, a pretty good game of making up for that. Uh, I wanted to go to everybody's favorite, though, uh, Josh Hart first. Obviously, the the newest guy, the flavor of the of the week. You know, he's on the one uh, right now as we're recording this is probably almost exactly the one week anniversary of him the trade getting announced of him coming to the Knicks uh I thought that he had another fantastic game I want to highlight the three-point shooting because I'm I feel like I'm seeing something that I pointed out in I think it was the pod that I did the night of the trade I wanted to look up some stats and just kind of get to know him a little better and one thing that stood out to me was how horrific he was as a pull-up three-point shooter. I mean, he has just been horrendous this year. I just pulled up the numbers again just to remind myself of how bad he's been. Uh, he, I mean, it's only 3.1% uh, of his attempts, but like enough to drag down his overall percentage a little bit in 0.2 three-point attempts per game this year uh, on pull-ups. He's shooting 8%. Uh, it's just awful. And he really desperately needed to just kind of find a place that would give him a steady shot diet of uh, just catch and shoot threes because on the overall for this year, which now includes this performance with the Knicks, which is obviously going to boost. It's probably boosted those numbers a solid like 
three percentage points just since he's joined the Knicks at least. But he's shooting 36.4% on catch and shoot threes this year. Uh, since he's joined the Knicks, he's shooting nine of 14, which uh, I'm no math major, but let's see, nine divided by 14. That's 64.28% or 64.29% from three since he joined the Knicks uh, from three. And I think that has a large part to do with guys like Bronson and quickly and his other teammates finding him in good spot up situations. And I mean, I don't know about you, Gavin. I've been so as someone who I, I've seen Hart obviously play before he joined the Knicks, but before a guy joins the Knicks, I'm sure you feel the same way. This is the team that we cover every day. So we're definitely more familiar overall with guys on the Knicks than other guys around the league. I did not realize just how good, especially for a guy who's sort of undersized to be like a wing, uh, just how good Josh Hart is at getting off a three-point shot with like a millimeter of space uh, if he's shooting on a catch and shoot. There was one in particular in this game where when it was coming off his fingertips, I was like, oh, crap, he just got blocked. And then he switched it. Like it splashed, like perfect. Like no, didn't touch anything on its way through the hoop. And I was like, oh all right, I guess he can get that shot off. Like, even though he had a defender closing on him hard and it looked like he was kind of dead in the water there. Uh, so if he continues, I mean, look, he's not going to shoot 65% from three for the rest of the year, but if he continues shooting, like, let's say that he becomes like a above, like reaches his higher parts of his career numbers and starts shooting like 36, 37% from three for the Knicks the rest of this year, he's going to be a big swing player for these final 22 games. I think, and and probably well worth the cost the Knicks gave up for him. Yeah, there, there's going to be some bounce back because he's. I, I think he he's shooting uh, uh, unsustainably well. But but man, it's it's great to enjoy the ride while it's going right because like you still get everything else that's so good for him. Like I, I wrote down in my notes like 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 on his first drive for a layup, like he, he's a pinball with with dynamite attached to him, right? Where he just bounces off guys, but he has this burst and like honestly what it is a lot of times is like i i think he, he gets into situations where even at the nba level most guys would pick up their dribble and he just doesn't he just keeps going to the rim and it almost seems to shock defenders where he he treats nba level defense like it's a pickup game to some extent with how assertive he is and how confident he is trying to get all the way to the basket um him and Isaiah Hartenstein together is just a blast. That was kind of the point I wanted to make earlier, where, where to what you said, Hartenstein is sort of embracing like that Nerlens Noel, Mitchell Robinson archetype where, where he's diving to the rim, where he's he's really protecting the rim at a high level on the other end of the floor. Like I think he's gotten so much better um, in drop defense where earlier in the year, like he didn't, he didn't seem like he knew quite how to play it to like the extent that Tibbs wanted, even even though he did a lot of similar stuff with the Clippers. And now like he's he's playing that gap perfectly and, and getting blocks with really exquisite timing. Um, but then offensively, like he's also getting to do like some of what he did well in L.A., which was a, a lot of it was like passing. But in, in this game, like he had just a great give and go for a layup with uh, Josh Hart. So so those two together and, and especially those two combining on rebounds like is just a whole lot of fun. Um, and then the only other thing for Josh Hart, he had a crazy block in this game, an absolutely elite closeout. He, he went from the low block all the way out to the left wing to get A.J. Griffin at one point. It was a total sellout. If Griffin had just pumped fake, like Josh Hart probably like falls into the crowd and hurts himself. But it was it was a great, great play. Um, I wanted to shout out our guy, Emmanuel, quickly next. Um, because, I mean, this game featured some more 
awesome shooting from him. Um, he hit a three off of a deflection that like, it's just one of those shots where you're like, Oh my God, like, I don't care what his natural talent is. This dude must put so much work into his shot where it just, it just kind of like came to him on a bounce and just in rhythm. Like he just hit like a falling to his side, like 23, 24 footer. That was crazy. Um, had another play where he split two defenders because the Hawks didn't really like, it didn't really communicate who was supposed to be guarding him, got to the rim and then had a looping lefty layup under the arm of Onyeko Congo. We really had no angle and it was just a total circus shot. I thought his defense was great in this game. Had one possession where he completely locked up DeJounte Murray, um, got a crossover, um, like contested fadeaway long two to wrap up his night scoring. Like, it just, just another night of, of almost comically good shot making from quickly. And, and he just, I mean, I, I talk so often about him knowing what he has to do now, but he, he's clearly just, just from a confidence perspective, like he he's right there with Jalen Brunson. And, and of course, Julius Randall, where who, who never loses that or rarely loses that as the most confident guy on this team. Yeah. And another guy who's playing a very confident brand of ball right now, Emmanuel quickly, uh, who I think, once again, it helped set the tone and made some huge shots for this team. Uh, second quarter, especially, and end of the first, he really kind of he kept the the good vibes going for the Knicks, hitting some threes and and really buoying them when they really needed it in this game. Uh, ends up shooting five of eleven, two of six from three, uh, fourteen points, four rebounds, two assists in under twenty four minutes, just under twenty four minutes. So it's kind of kind of disingenuous. Basically, played twenty four minutes, but I really enjoyed his contribution as usual. Uh, I'm starting to. Am I crazy if I kind of already feel like I like his combo with Hart as much or more than Rosen quickly two years ago? Like him and Hart are just such a dynamic duo every time. It seems like they're also now being subbed in in tandem by Tibbs, which like, again, for as much as we crap on what Tibbs does with the rotations, brilliant decision to keep those guys as a package deal, at least when you first put them in the game. And actually in this game, they, I would not be surprised. They played within 30 seconds of one another in playing time. If I'll go back and look, I bet you that they basically just shared the floor with each other for almost their entire times out there. I think these two is like a dynamic duo. Perfect for this Knicks bench because they're just offering everything that they need right now in terms of hustle plays, three-point shooting. Quickly is so good at breaking down defenses right now that he's just like uh, on a on a new plane you know, as far as where he's at, he plays like bench Brunson a lot of times on offense these days, which is really saying something. Uh, and I just, I, that particular combo, I freaking love them. I think I like, I think we're already only three games in, but I'm almost ready to say that I like that combo more than I liked Rosen quickly two years ago, which was a combo that was super, super beneficial for the Knicks down the stretch, like this time of year. Yeah, I think w w one of the differences is definitely like how improved Emmanuel quickly is. Like he he faded mm -hmm. a little bit at the end of his rookie year, and and then this is a guy who who doesn't look like he's maybe he'll go through a cold shooting stretch. But what he's developed as far as a rim attacker, as a playmaker, as a defender, that's not going away anytime soon. And I mean, to your point, it's just incredibly rare in the NBA that you have two backup guards, or I mean, really two backups in any position, but particularly in your backcourt. Who just don't take anything off the off the table. Like usually, like like you're getting a one way player, especially at the guards by like either someone's like like an electric like microwave scorer, or or it's your Gary Payton the second, and you're bringing him in to be like, all right, like go like lock up like the top bench score on another team. But quickly's a two way guy, and especially when Hart's shooting the way he is, like he's a two way guy, and they can both drive, they can both shoot, they can both defend, they can both rebound. Like that, you 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 have two like 
essentially like, yeah, starting caliber guards coming off the bench for you. And that's, that's a real, real luxury. Um, I want to wrap up um, with, with a quick shout out to Obi top and shooting spectacularly well tonight and getting a lob dunk on his way to 11 points. Um, I want to wrap up talking about RJ Barrett because I'm, I'm going to push back on what you said. I, I don't think he played particularly well in this game. Like, like he was, he, to be clear, much better than his last two games. I um, mean, he came out and he shot pretty well. And I like that right away. He went to the basket. I love that he got to the free throw line seven times. That was awesome. But 17 points still shot just six is 16. And that's where I'm like almost concerned with the RJ discourse. We're like, and, and I saw, it was, I, I saw a bunch of people saying this on Twitter after the game. They're like, Oh, RJ's playing a little bit better. Our guy, Benji Ritholtz, who absolutely knows more about basketball than me. Gave him like a B minus um, in, in his grades. And I, I'm just looking at that. I'm like, he was still six to 16. Like that, that's a terrible shooting night. Tibbs had to call two separate timeouts because he wasn't tracking his guy on defense. Like DeAndre Hunter got a wide open dunk at one point because RJ didn't run back after Brunson got into the lane. Um, Bogdanovich got a wide open wing three. And it was hard to tell if he was RJ's man, but RJ was the nearest person to him and never got out there. I, I thought this was better from him, but I, I didn't think this was a good game for RJ Barrett. Yeah, I guess like maybe I was a little too glowing with my assessment. I feel about the same. I think it was just like it was better than horrendous, <laughs> which is what some of his games have been lately. Unfortunately, the bar is low at this particular moment uh, because he's just been struggling in basically every aspect prior to this game. So I think it was more just I was refreshed to at least see Okay, he at least got, you know, like, again, to give Wally props again, who, you know what, he got called spade a spade. I've never been the biggest fan of Wally, but I do think he's improving in some ways. Mm -hmm. I still, it, it makes makes my tummy hurt a little bit thinking about him ever taking over for Clyde, but he's he's doing a little better these days. And shout out to Ed Cohen as well on the broadcast today. But, um, you know, he, he mentioned, like, RJ's doing, it, like, his version of back to the basics, which is just getting inside, bullying his way in. And he had some good takes. I mean, I think he had one where he like, like shoulder checked. I think it was Capella just like out of the way on his way to the hoop and drew an N one. I think that was ironically the one where he missed the free throw on the N one. So not the best uh, end result there, but it's, you know, that's the sort of stuff that makes me say like, all right, you know, this was, this was a decent game because at least he got that part back. And unfortunately with RJ, I think that, he's sort of becoming one of those players where the offense needs to fall in place before we see everything else fall in place. Um, I think he definitely lets bad shooting and scoring nights affect what he does on the defensive end, which is not exactly the hallmark of a franchise player. Um, you know, you certainly don't see like Brunson do that and you don't see the rejuvenated Julius Randle do that. Maybe it will take that same sort of, I think we just talked about this, like maybe even on our last show, like might take that same level of an awakening for RJ at some point to, you know, kind of reach that like moment of clarity where he says, you know what, I need to just not let shooting nights, you know, good or bad affect me too much one way or the other and always just play the way I'm supposed to play. Um, but in this game, I thought at least it was one step in the right direction. And I think we're just kind of, kind of going to have to like come to grips with the fact that he's n probably never going to be that defensive stopper that we wanted him to be like the beginning of last year when he was talking about always wanting to take the other team's best player and all this other stuff because it just doesn't seem like he has that level of I hate to 
say it like this, but like level of drive to succeed in that part of the game at this point uh, compared to the other parts of the game. But like if he can at least get himself to being a middle of the road defender and then reclaim the parts of his offense that make him so good, which step one, I think, is getting inside, drawing fouls, which we just did a show like three weeks ago saying how improved he was at doing that. But then step two, getting that three-point shot back, which is like the most mercurial thing that he's gotten as Arsenal like year to year. Then maybe we're talking about a guy where it's like, okay, well, we can overlook the defensive shortcomings because he's doing so well at everything else. But uh, at any rate, I think that's all I had to say. So unless you had any final notes i think we could wrap up and we'll probably have one more show before the all-star break and then the all-star break we'll probably talk about jericho sims's dunk contest performance on monday or something and should be a fun little uh little break for everybody uh it's a uh, for the knicks and for us and everybody involved to uh just take a little time and get ready for this this home stretch of the season Second half of the season coming up. Not really. Uh, We'll talk to you guys soon. Second quote-unquote half. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm locked on it.